Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about... The latest Wes Anderson movie, The French Dispatch. Yes, Wes Anderson, one of my favorite directors. Um, just because his, his movies are so pretty. I just love looking at them. Yeah. Um, and his stories are always really fun. Um, I like, um, I think my favorite is still like Moonrise Kingdom or I've actually been really wanting to watch, rewatch The Grand Budapest Hotel. That movie is so good. I it's know. It's unreal. I want to rewatch it. I feel like it's just, it's been gnawing at me. Like, I want to watch it again so bad. Um, <laughs> but this is yeah. the French Dispatch. Um, there were so many people in this movie. And there are usually a lot of people in, in, yeah. in Wes Anderson films. But this just felt like a lot. <laughs> well, the, the just looking at the poster for this, there's like a, like, a, like several dozen people. Just yeah. um, in their various roles in this movie, all yeah. in it in front. So it's kind of like it's great because it's there's so many people in it because it is a like a vignette kind of movie where, yeah. which I literally knew absolutely nothing about this movie. Other than seeing a trailer like a couple times just to see Timothy Chalamet, and, and his, I knew and it was his creepy mustache. <laughs> yeah, like his his whole look was funny. It's like prepubescent mustache. Well, he, that was the point. Like he kind I of know, was I know. playing. He was playing a college kid, so yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, like of course I was really excited because I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson. And everybody knows I'm a big fan of Timmy, so this is this is perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I don't think I knew exactly what this was about. I like I didn't know what the French Dispatch was was referencing. I I don't I had no clue. Um, so I was completely blindsided by this movie, and just because I also haven't been really watching trailers unless they're like Marvel trailers. <laughs> so <laughs> this. Uh, <laughs> So and I and I've been really enjoying that. Um just kind of being pleasantly surprised on what the movie ends up being about. Yeah. Um so but from from watching the film we know that the French Dispatch is the name of a t- newspaper or like a magazine of some sort. Um mm-hmm. a print printed material where um Bill Murray's character owns the French Dispatch and um we're just kind of so I and I'm I'm assuming like all the all the writers that we meet and um we're watching like how they wrote their story that they put into this mm-hmm. news piece, the, this most recent news piece. Which will be the last issue of the French right. Dispatch because Bill Murray's character has died. And so yes. we see that in the very beginning of the movie. I think it's written out in some way. Uh, his obituary or something. Yes. Yes. His obituary is being written, and we are seeing what stories are going into this last issue um, of this news piece. And um, we got a lot of characters. So what was the first... I think it was the first story um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yes. His little okay. biking ag- around the town of Ennui, um, which is adorable. Everything is like very French and cute and quaint. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, 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 I think a lot of a lot of Wes Anderson films are like this, but I felt mm-hmm. I felt it it in this movie a lot. But everything felt like very 
miniaturized and like dollhouse ish mm, yeah. or even like, like in grand Budapest. or even like stage yeah, yeah like like in grand budapest um like lots of like everything like at, at least in grand budapest hotel a, a lot of the the not a lot but like i remember a lot of the scenes still feeling like it was a physical set where a lot of this didn't mm-hmm. feel like a physical set um mm-hmm. cuz we even had like a little animated section and then we had like all these like weird moving Uh, walls that would just kind of disappear as as someone walked or you know mm -hmm. rode their bike past um and like just just whole buildings would just open up at like the slide of like a sliding door basically um yeah but it was kind of like very sleek like everything obviously it, it was it's always peak wes anderson and so it's just got this kind of like moving parts lots of things going on at once in a scene um and lots of like movement and quippy kind of conversation um with like moments of hilarity and joy and sadness and just like it's all kind of just funny because you're you're as a viewer not really supposed to understand a hundred percent of what's going on in, in every single shot, every scene, every conversation is kind of like it goes above your head in some way, you know? Yeah, you're kind of just picking up what you can and and hoping that you can follow along. Which <laughs> exactly, uh, which yeah. I was I was real. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was a little struggling trying to trying to keep up with this movie. It was it was moving really fast, and there were just a lot of stuff that was happening that just it it just happened too quick, and I just didn't didn't get it, or it just was, um, I don't know the the situation at hand was like maybe a little complex and. I was just a little too dumb to figure it out or something. I don't know. No, um, like, but that, I think it was, like, purposefully dense. It was, like, purposefully yeah. dense. Like, it was, like, not supposed to be anything that was... And it was, like, it was, it was like, funnily dense. Like, you know, like, comedically yeah. difficult to understand what is going on. The yeah, whole movie. I have to talk about... I have to talk about this person that was in the theater with me. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Okay. They, were, they weren't too bad. They they were very respectful when when the movie was on, but they just I don't know like like just from where I was sitting, um uh I I, th- I think it was a dude um a dude and and uh, his person was there and um just every movie that every um trailer that came on he just I don't know he just sounded like a movie snob and he was just oh. really annoying me because uh, he he had to comment on every trailer that came up. And, and what was it? Um, I have to, I have to set something straight. So in the, 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 the newest Ghostbuster movie coming out, um, mm-hmm. with, uh, Finn Wolfhard and, and them, um, the person who picks up the phone at the very end, that's Bill Murray's voice, right? Yes, it is. Okay, because at the very end, and I wanted, and I wanted to say, I wanted to be, I wanted to um, actually, this guy is so bad, but I didn't. <laughs> at, the, at the very end of that trailer that played during the movie, he wrote, um, that's Dan Aykroyd's voice. And I wrote, and I, I didn't write, I, I, and I was like, under my oh. breath, I was like, no, you idiot, that was Bill Murray's voice. I mean, I don't really, I'm not like 100% sure that it's Bill Murray. <sighs> But like, I, I feel like I can solve like this Bill very Murray. quickly. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna solve this. It's Bill Murray. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. He I'm like, a, I'm like a hundred percent sure it's Bill Murray. Okay. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Here we go. Um, well, apparently, like, they're all in it, but I don't know about the, the voice. The voice who picks up the phone and says, we're closed. Yeah. It's Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. Um, people say it could be Dan Aykroyd, though. Um, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think it sounds like Dan Aykroyd, though. Well, it's possible. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, def- it's definitely possible that it's Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> But it's, yeah, but I think it could be Bill Murray. 
I guess there would be I, only one and way Bill to find Murray would out. be in this movie. Like, what's Dan yeah, Aykroyd even doing? They're both. They're in it. Like, they're in the movie. Um, okay. Okay, that's fine. So, like, it could be either of them. <laughs> I guess it could be either. I guess it could yes. be either. But, but so well, Bill Murray's character in this movie was like in a lot of the cutscenes and in between the entire thing. So he was kind of like a very steady character throughout it. Yeah. Um, trying to like get all the writers' all the stories. Authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cute. Because he, he had questions about them. Like, he, he would read their, he would mm-hmm. read what they had, and then he would kind of meet with them and be like, can you fix this part? Or can you, like, like, like yeah. he had questions about the, the stories editor. that they were writing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the first one was that kind of tour of this town of Ennui. And yeah. it, it's just cute because we just have, uh, you know, Owen Wilson talking directly to the camera, riding a bike around the town and just talking about the kind of quirky aspects of this town, which is just very cute. Um, I remember very clearly the part where he's like at exactly 7 a.m. the town wakes up and it like turns seven and then everything like cats run through the street, the water turns on, the, the ladies start beating the mats out, like people start walking around. It's like exactly at the same time. It's very cute. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, it's so, um, it's so, like, structured. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, I I don't know how else to explain it, but, like, all Wes Anderson films seem to me, like, very, very structured, and and not, like, tense, but just, like, very clean cut, and very, like... They're, like, um, data-driven, too. Like, they talk a lot about, like, like, especially this one was, like, uh, this many people died in the river every year, and approximately 6.2 of the people who live here do this thing. And it's, like, very, like, kind of empirical, you know? Yeah, he does that, he does that in another, like, I think with Moonrise Kingdom, that one guy would talk, uh, the guy, the little, yes, Bob the little Balaban. old guy. Yeah. yeah. He would <laughs> say all those, like, little facts about things. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a lot like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're all so similar in so many ways. Well, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love, I love how, I love how similar because you know we just have those Wes Anderson tropes and themes and styles that are in all of his movies, but all of his movies are still very like, very different. Like, yes, we have the symmetry, we have the the quirky characters, we have like the kind of dry, serious humor. Um, we have like the little dollhouse, like mm-hmm. little sets, caricature sets. Yeah, like art, arts and crafty types of sets. Huh. Um, but all the stories are usually very different and and very fun. I I never get disappointed by a Wes Anderson film. I haven't seen all of them, and I feel bad about it. But I've I've, <laughs> I've seen enough to have notice you, the similarities. Uh, what was your favorite little vignette in this in this movie? Because there was like. Um, I really liked the one, um, I, I, I kind of liked the prison one with the art, Mm -hmm. but I really liked the one with, um, the chef and the, um, yes. And and the little like, like crime that happened where the, where the, where the (laughs) the kid gets kidnapped and they have to like save him. Um, I didn't really like like the the part that Timothy was in, just because uh-huh. it was a little boring. Yeah. But um, but I really liked, and I think it was the last one. The last one was Shersha, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, Jeffrey I really liked that one. Yeah. Yes, and also yeah, like I Lee that Schreiber one. was like interviewing Jeffrey, right, interviewing Roebuck Wright yeah. on his talk show, <laughs> and then Roebuck like <laughs> it was just so because like Roebuck was like a a food critic but he was like a really good food critic and so like but he could like recall his words directly like he had a photographic or he had a, like a not a photographic memory but like a he said it and he yeah, would like he be able it. to what remember exactly what words he said and yeah everything and he like, he's and he like said written. his review like verbatim like yeah. how he wrote it. <laughs> and it but this review wasn't even like a review of <laughs> of a of a meal it was like a review of like the meal plus this entire like kidnapping of this child and everything yeah, it, was, that it was, was a food involved. review and then and then many more like, <laughs> so unorthodox and it was so yeah. good i really like that part 
it was really crazy to follow and you were like what is going on in this part of the story like when it started you're just like okay okay now we're in another story okay now we're in another story and it was just like who's this guy in this cage uh, like why do we care about him you know and yeah, uh, the why guy does in the it cage. say that, that Robux so... Wright was there? Like, it just it didn't make any sense at all. It, there was a lot happening. I Yeah, uh, I definitely need to watch this movie again so I can catch the stuff that I missed. But, um, and then, uh, and Tilda's character was so mm, funny. Um, yeah, the talking black and about white. the. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked how this movie kind of went. Like, was it. It wasn't all in black and white. It was like parts of it yeah, were. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. And uh, Tilda's Tilda's parts were really funny. She was just like, um, I don't know, like just presenting um, the the prisoner's art um, throughout yeah. his life and just kind of kind of talking about his his whole situation, like how he was as a kid and yeah. how he traveled and, and painted and and then how he <laughs> kind of got put in jail and then like how his art kind of came back. While he was in jail, <laughs> right, and she like showed off Ugh. the art in the beginning, and she's such yeah. a she's such a crazy character. Like, I mean, she's never played like a straight woman ever. Like, she's always just some kind of like wild person, and so she's like got this giant like orange thing on, and she she's like talking about this this eccentric artist, but she's also like a very eccentric person. Um, yeah. She's just like, she's, like and then, drinking <laughs> while she's there, and yeah, and like, she's been wearing a lot of like weird. Like, did she have weird teeth? Teeth, like, yeah. In the, in the movie, just she, like, I feel like it's she's been Snow wearing Piercer, a lot of weird remember. teeth with her, with her, with her characters lately. <laughs> yeah, just like whatever Tilda needs to do. Like, I love her, and she's hilarious. Like, it's just her character was so funny, and it was just like she's presenting the, this art that's on the wall, like the seven slabs in the correctional facility thing, and I was like, what the heck? And then he, she goes along to explain it. Um, and just having, like, Leah Seydoux have a larger role in this one was also really good, because she had quite a small role in Grand Budapest Hotel, um, and I really liked her in this one. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, I liked her in this one more, because she was, she was just the, the old lady that dies or something in, in Grand Budapest, right? No, I'm, I'm talking about Leah Seydoux, Simone. I mean, she, oh. like, the... You know that young, pretty actress. Like she's, she was like a maid in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, was it the um the one who worked in the prison? Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, muse, yeah, yeah, the muse for Benicio del Toro's character. Yes, yes. She was really and good. It, I liked her a lot. And Andrea Bodie's character also was like obsessed with a painting or like an art artist just like he was in Grand Budapest Hotel because in that one he was like trying to find boy with apple the whole time. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do remember that. Uh, and it was like replaced with, with that like really like um graphic nude painting and they were like that's not right. Like that's not boy with apple. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. I also like the really the really like out of place um ad that was that was in here that was in the movie. What was it like cereal mm. or something or or um I, I see the guy, he's holding the box. It's called like Gem oh, what's it called? Gem Geminis, Geminis or something? I can't read what it says. Who was like the like what was the the concept for it? I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to remember. I don't know. It just happened really quickly. It was just, just like an ad. It was like an ad break. Like <laughs> it was an ad in there. Like, it was like an in, ad in the movie. Oh, oh, jeez. Yeah. The also the one with the artist took that one had a before and an after, and so the before was in black and white, and the after was in was in color. Um. Mm. Yeah. The the. Benicio del Toro one, yeah, the ben- yeah that one. Um. <laughs> like and do you the, remember? And, do you remember the play that was like in the middle of yes, it with, with Rupert? Yes, <laughs> with, with Rupert and the guy from um, um, the guy from Ted Lasso. Yes, he, the t- yes, the guy who plays yeah. Sam Obasanya. Yeah. yeah. 
I saw him and I was like, oh my god, it's Sam Obasanya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After I was like, oh my god, it's Rupert Friend. <laughs> yeah, Rupert Friend. And like, and so it was like a, it again was like a play up inside the story with, with Timothy Chalamet and, and that whole character. Like their friend who had left them after he, he like joined the army or something or he got drafted or something. So then he went off to join it and then he came back and he like, talked he like did a play in the future about it and so it was all these boys in bunks yeah it was just i love it (laughs) it was just like so weird and um connecting things all over the place that it was just fun you know like it's enjoyable to see um just these like little stories and these little quirky characters and stuff like it's just it's silly it's it is different because of the fact that there's it it doesn't really have like a plot that goes through the entire thing it's kind of just like i said these little vignettes that um are just that's what it is really like the most interesting parts of these tiny little short stories basically yeah which has he done has West done something similar to this before? Because I, I feel like all the other movies have kind of had like a one, a, a one plot that kind of goes through the entire film. But um, you know, there could be little like little sketches and snippets of things here and there. But um, but it was mostly just the one plot. Um, yeah. Is there an, is there another movie that was kind of like this? I don't. I can't think of one. No, I don't um, think so. I think this was like unless his it's one of the ones I haven't of... seen, like Royal Tenenbaums or something. Well, he often does little side stories, like in that's um, true. You know, I love dogs and stuff. They like go and do like little side stories, but that's it's true. Like, kind of all related to the one big plot. It's just kind of like a side. It's like an aside story. <laughs> um, yeah, which I guess, which I guess the 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 one main plot of the French Dispatch is like this is the last this is the last issue of this magazine and like yeah. this is kind of what's going in it and like but it's just a lot more broken up like into these little side stories because we actually get to delve into what the articles are about and maybe even a little bit about the authors themselves yeah um which is fun like i would honestly watch an entirely other movie with with more people uh, with more of these little stories <laughs> Like, I would just, I would watch an entire more of this. Because <laughs> yeah. it's fun, you yeah. know? Like, I really enjoy short stories. And I, you know, they're, each one was only, like, it depends. The first one was very short. But some of them, they were, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes long. And then that made up the whole movie. Yeah, and the movie itself was, was pretty short. I had to look up all of the Wes Anderson movies to see if they're all like kind of this short and they all are they're all like yeah. within like an hour and 30 40 minutes like they all they don't reach two hours could um, you imagine just like filling up i mean the grand budapest hotel was like the most complicated one and yeah, yeah. you know that was just like plot wise but just like having enough to to fill up a whole story when you really look at it like things don't like in royal tenenbaums it's like only so much happens in that movie. Most of it's like backstory, you know, going into what what these people are like, like, you know, not really yeah. like moving it into a direction, um, which I love Royal Tenenbaum so much. Oh my god! Ooh, we gotta talk about that 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 opening scene where where the where the guy is bringing all those drinks up to the. Um... Oh yeah, the little set. Yeah, yes. He's, he's going and bringing I, oh my, it in. Oh my just, god, I loved it. Oh, oh, it him so just funny. like him being somewhere, and then him like like yeah. like teleporting to another place, and then like he had to pulley, like he had to use a little pulley system to bring the 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 plate up, the the platter with all the drinks on it. Yeah. And then the second he gets up to the top, he just takes that shot that he yeah. that he poured for, <laughs> he himself, for himself because <laughs> he has to get all the way up there. That was adorable. And there was, like, so many things on this plate. It was, like... So many things. Oh, I love that <laughs> part like where they were making all the drinks. And... Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, I loved that. It was I so was... I could watch that scene over and over again. 
they it like kept so turning satisfying. it and they were like yes. turning it from one side putting it in another side like adding like yes. 15 different things yes um, oh my god yeah so it just, it's oh it was so, so good for my brain, <laughs> my brain <laughs> that's my brain that's what it. it is like my brain just like <laughs> loves this this like aesthetic i like I, you don't really know what's going on but you, you don't really care and you're just like Okay, well, you know, this is fun. All these actors are really great. And, like, even Frances McDormand, like, she came, she like went to dinner with Zeffirelli's parents and, like, sat down and they had, they had invited somebody over for dinner. It was, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, was it, was it Christoph? Yes, Christoph Waltz, who we saw when we went to that double date. We sure did. We sure we did saw, see him. We saw him singing in the rain, and he was there. Um, it was the highlight of my life. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> Just kidding. Just it was cool. It was cool. But it was really cool to see him. Uh, yeah, um, but I, I did go a little breathless when I saw him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You like shouted his name too. You couldn't even believe it. <laughs> I, couldn't, um, I couldn't breathe. I was like, yeah. <gasps> oh my god. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he was sitting across from her and she's like, I don't want to date you. Like she was like very, very clear about that. And it was really funny. She was like, this isn't a double date. Like I'm not, I'm not interested. And he was kind of like annoying. And then she goes into the bathroom and Timothy's like taking a bath in the middle of this riot that's happening. Like he somehow yes. snuck himself away so he could take a bath and work on his manifesto. And yeah. he's like, I'm naked. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then they like, they, she like reads the manifesto. And then next thing we know, they're like going off it, it, to riot together and yeah, uh, in their gas mask. And then she's like in, he's like in her bed and they've clearly just had sex and she's working on her, his manifesto. And it's just so awkward. It's just like, okay like you just had this like you know 18 year old kid or whatever just like had to have sex with uh francis mcdormand's old much older character and you really don't see it coming at all no it it was oh my gosh and then they were playing chess with with that person um mm -hmm. to i guess um i I got that there was like a, like a like a revolt or like a revolution yeah, happening, but like, yeah. so, but what what did they want? I think like, they did we did we ever like, know? Yeah, it was something about the dormitories. It was something like they just wanted to be able to have like co-ed dorms or something. I think it was oh like, yes, okay. I think yes, it was something I, like that. <laughs> so they, yeah, they I were vaguely like, remember that. And then they like literally shut down the entire city and had to like. Uh, like I had a standoff and then the standoff was the game of chess at the end and then if the if the mayor won they would go in and, and they would win but if the if the students won then they would win or something <laughs> yeah and then they had that radio tower scene that was like the one yes! from Moonrise Kingdom <laughs> yes but Tim Timothy Chalamet like goes up to the top and you know it's gonna like it's obviously gonna electrocute him and it does, and he, like, falls into the river, but we don't see it. And, yeah. and then his parents are crying in the back of, of the car. Like, they lost their son to this, to this horrible yeah. tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Don't go climbing uh, up onto, onto towers. You could electrocute oh gosh, yourself. No. Don't. Do not. And his hair is already, like, humongous. Like, the, the wig that they had was, like, looked like he was spiking out of his hair there was a point where he was sitting next to francis mcdormand in bed and she like said something about his manifesto and how it wasn't very good and, and what she would do to fix yeah. it and he like kind of looked at her and was like angry but then he was like aroused at the same time and it was just such a funny like scene because he kind of like <laughs> let out this like oh like, kind of <laughs> and i was dying i was like cracking up so hard Oh, so funny. Oh my gosh. I, I was laughing. Um, what was it? I think it was, it was, um, during the part where the kid get, got kidnapped and the, and the chef yeah. had poisoned the food and, <laughs> yes. and he had to eat it and he yeah, was just he like to on prove. the ground, like yeah. dying and they, they got him and saved him. <laughs> but everybody else was dead. Like, yeah. Um, like, Shersha's character was dead. Like, everybody was dead. 
everyone had died except for the one person who didn't like radishes or something. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was like I, I put this in the radishes, which I know the sun won't eat, and then, <laughs> but then someone else didn't eat them, and they were still. Oh my gosh! Well, and then they there's drove always, away. There's always a car chasing. Yeah, there so was a car chase, and then there was chasing. like the animated. There was the animated part because like it was going around, and the strong man, like this giant man, was like yeah, like trying, circus strong man, <laughs> so yeah, chasing like, them, chasing them. It was on top of the car, and then they stopped the car, and he flew off. And then yeah. they, but it was all animated, so like obviously you wouldn't have been able to do this like not animated and so that's right. what made it so funny oh it was just so outlandish and silly and <laughs> fun you know i oh, i really man. didn't notice that this movie got a lot of like nobody really talked about it like i i don't know i don't know anyone else who I, saw this movie i was except calling for it the wrong me. thing for the longest time also <laughs> remember yeah yeah last year because it, it was supposed movie. to come out last year yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I, ca- I think I kept calling it the French Exit or something. Yes, which also came out last year. That <laughs> was the other a, movie. Yeah, that yeah. was another movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. I was getting him confused. And you were like, we have to see French Exit. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, did you hear I, I anything about it? I was like, the new Wes Anderson it? movie, French Exit. And you're like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's not right. It's we not had to it wait. I, I, this was, again, one of the movies that we had to wait very patiently for because of the pandemic and i just you know i just we had to wait so long it just makes me so sad like i just i was so excited about this movie last year and it got postponed um i just the the amount of anger that i had to like force down because i didn't get to see this movie really also anger really anger i was so mad i just really wanted to go to the movie i just really wanted to see timothy i know but everything like i just i know you you know i really want to see wes's new movie and yes also timothy dune was part of that well yeah dune helped (laughs) yes it did. Um, I also saw this movie as a double feature. I went to go see Last Night in Soho, and then I, I saw this movie right after. Oh, yeah. How was Last Night in Soho? Should I watch that one, too? Um, well, I heard it wasn't that good. Yeah, it, I, I think it was fine. I think it was fine. It was fine? Um, okay. I like, enjoyed... fine enough to where we should talk about it? Because if we're not going to talk about it, I'm probably not going to watch it until it's on, like, TV. Well, yeah. I think you don't need to go see it in theaters. I think you should just... Um, wait till okay. it's on a streaming service. Yeah, this year's going to be a little Edgar weird Wright, with the Oscars, you, but... <laughs> possibly. But like, yeah. we're, 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 I'm going to try and watch the movies that I only need to see or want to see, obviously, but um, um, in theaters. And then if not, I'll try and just get them somewhere else. But um, yeah. don't want to go to the movies more than I have to. For sure, for sure. You know, there's, it's just, it's inconvenient right now. So, yeah. Um, um, what else do we want to talk about? Was there? I don't remember much of a soundtrack for this. Uh, yeah, but you know French, me. I never, I never noticed French soundtrack. music the whole time. Yeah, you never remember the. You never remember. What. I just, it's all, I, you know, I'm what just it was too it was busy, just... too busy focusing. Focusing. I just don't. My, I'm not. I'm not here. I'm trying to listen to what they're saying. I thought there were supposed to be subtitles in the movie theater now. Like um, I, not all I honestly of them. live Some off of, of subtitles these yeah. days. <laughs> you should make you should look because it does say on the app which ones are going to be uh, subtitles. Oh, it's only certain ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Open captioning. Okay. So you you should look for that. But of course they they when they spoke different languages we we got to see. Yeah. But, we got the um. Subtitles. The. What was I going to say? You, you sidelined me. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What are you going to talk about? I was going to say the something music? about... Oh, the music. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, it was mostly just like French cute music. Okay. You know. Yeah. Adorable French people singing. Even though I... there wasn't a lot of French people in this movie. It was mostly just like Leah Sedu and then that girl True. Juliet, who yeah. only spoke French. Like yes. she, she literally only spoke French, which is funny. Like they didn't have Timothy Chalamet speak French be- 
even though he can't. No, you just would answer back in English. Right, I know. You just would answer back in English. It was really funny. It was just really silly. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Really good. I love all these, like, new actors that are just going to be in Wes Anderson films now. Like, um, like the guy that was in, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, what's his name? Oh, who's also in Spider-Man. Tony Revolori. Tony Revolori. Yeah, he played the young Rosenthaler, and they had that whole scene where he, like, went and sat down and switched places with him, like he got older. Yeah. Oh, so cute. <laughs> when and then... Adrian Brody tried to get Rosenthaler out of prison, and they, like, went to the appeal, and they were like, this guy's a really famous artist. Uh, he didn't really do anything wrong. He's really remorseful for the three guys he killed for no reason. And then they're like, yeah. are you remorseful? He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, He's literally not. killed him for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. can't be let out of jail. So I hope he uses uh, I hope he uses uh, Jeffrey Wright more because I think he's perfect for Wes Anderson films. Like he just oh, he was so good. Um, Emily, yes, Emily, can you hear me? I lost I Emily. We're calling her back. Hello? Did I lose you? I, lo- I lost you. I, I stopped listening. I couldn't hear you anymore. Oh, no. Maybe my, maybe my AirPods died. I mean, they, they weren't dead. They, they were notifying me that they were going to die, but they weren't dead yet. Um, but okay. You got to talk, uh, <laughs> talk on your, I got, your Yeah, hand. I got the phone up to my ear. Got the okay. phone up to my ear. We're going to finish old this. school here. <laughs> yeah, I really got to bring in my... Um, uh, my, uh, what's it called? Converter so that I can just use my over-the-head headphones with my phone, and then I won't have to worry about things dying on me. <laughs> that would be, that would be good. I'll work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so where, where did I cut out? Uh, you said, did you notice, and then I, that was it. <laughs> I lost it after that. Did you know? Maybe it was like who, which young actor or somebody who was going to be in this that you were going to talk about the new people who are probably going to continue to be in uh, the Wes Anderson canon now. Um, mm, well, we talked about. Well, uh, I don't know. I was just talking about. Um, so we talked about the guy who played Zero in Grand Budapest Hotel, and then I think I just said that Jeffrey Wright should be in in more Wes Anderson films. Oh. I thought he was he was perfect. He was like he's love like Jeffrey Wright, man. perfect for Wes Anderson films. Oh. Like just yeah, so good, so good. For sure, dude. He is having a an ultimate renaissance over the past couple years, and again, love Jeffrey Wright. He's now doing like so much stuff with Marvel. He's like narrating some podcasts. He's the watcher on What If. He's like, he's a bunch of things. And he was also in um, Young Indiana Jones as Sidney Bechet, as we talked about recently, because he was in something else. And he's just everywhere. He sure was in Young Indiana Jones, and we will never forget that. Never. We cannot go one episode without talking about Young Indiana Jones. (laughs) I mean, we can. We just we just choose not to. Um, uh-huh. But yeah. All right. Any uh, any lasting thoughts? This probably has some fun trivia. Let's look. Yeah, that's a good idea because look at those trivia. We're really I trying don't to know fill the anything space here. about this movie. I really don't. I mean, they filmed it like during the pandemic, so it, like right yeah. before it. So it was just like they had to do what they had to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and they did it. I really like this. Uh, let's see. Um, it received a nine-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. Nine minutes? That's pretty good. <laughs> wow. Um, Although obviously, Timothy Chalamet is fluent in French. Yes, I said He that. delivers all his lines in English. That's I, hilarious. I, you know, that wasn't even a trivia because I knew it. <laughs> And I just of course said, you knew it. My uh, goodness. Yeah, our listeners just get to just get to listen to me obsess all the time. 
Um, this is Wes Anderson's ninth collaboration with Bill Murray, his eighth collaboration with Owen Wilson, and his seventh collaboration with Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, they, you know, Owen Wilson, I, I learned more recently about Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson. They started um, making Bottle Shock or uh, Bottle Rocket with um, a producer... Polly Platt um, and worked with um, what was the production company but the, they basically just like came out of nowhere and were mm-hmm. given given this movie to make in LA like completely just on on the idea that they would be good even they had no idea it was like a complete um, what's the try? What's the word I'm trying to say? Like they just they didn't know. They had no assurance that this was going to be good at all. And indie movies like didn't really exist like that when they made that movie, and it made all their careers. It made them into who they are. Um, That's awesome. It really because they took a <laughs> risk on them. And yeah, it, it like really worked out. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, you know, like that's how a lot of people start. Somebody's got to just take a risk on it, but it's not usually like an entire movie, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, here's another fun one. So atypical of a movie poster, the ensemble cast is grouped by storylines rather than billing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that's really cool. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> movie was originally thought to be a musical, but Wes Anderson denied it before filming began. Uh-huh. It would have been fun if it was a musical. I don't know if all yeah. these people sing, but it probably would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe this one didn't need to be a musical, but but maybe Wes should think about doing a musical. I think that'd be fun. If, Of course. It would be... Uh, anything he does would be fun and interesting yeah. and funny and serious and all those things. Um. It's kind of just talking about previous things that that the actors have been in. Yeah, that's kind of like a cop-out, I think. It's like, oh, all these people are Oscar winners. All these people. It's like, yes, yeah. yes, we like, know. These it's people a really good cast. These people previously starred in Hamlet. This, these people are in, are in Marvel film. Okay, whatever. You know, it, it, it also a, references, like, tons and tons of very specific... I mean, I could read this. Um, all of the, like, writers that it was referencing... All these people who are supposed to be the people. Yeah. Um, so I'll read it. A February 2020 New Yorker piece outlined some of the characters, subjects, and situations depicted in this movie, along with the corresponding New Yorker articles, subjects, and writers that Wes Anderson referenced. So clearly this is, like, supposed to be a very uh, New Yorker type of thing, as we saw with a lot of the... Uh, uh, fronts like the the covers of these things they're very very new yorker influenced these include yeah. arthur howitzer jr inspired by the new yorker's founding editor harold ross herb saint sazrak inspired by writer joseph mitchell and julian cadazio inspired by lord duveen a subject of a 1951 six-part new yorker profile by s.n berman roebuck wright was inspired by james baldwin and a.j liebing Liebling, New Yorker contributors over the years. Lucinda Crements was inspired by Mavis Gallant, who wrote a two-part 1968 piece on student uprising in France. And the character also shares the last name with Jill Crements, a photographer whose work often appeared in the New Yorker, and a widow of author Kurt Vonnegut Jr. So, again, very love letter to journalism and at this point in our lives, journalism is kind of dying. So, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a little bit sad. And that's why yeah. he made it. I mean, at, at least, <laughs> at least paper journalism. I mean, there are just mm. so many like online yeah. article stuff now, but yeah, like definitely paper, paper journalism. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall I look at these plot keywords? They're kind of weird. I don't. I don't know what this one is is in regards to. So, journalist, actor shares last name with character, painter, 
female frontal nudity, and woman poses nude for a painting. Wow. Those are kind of lame. Well, the fact that actor shares last name with character is a thing? Why yeah. would that even matter? I don't know. And what character is that? It's it's Jeffrey Wright. Oh, I see. <laughs> yep. There it is. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they filmed an Agoulême Chartrent, France. Uh, everybody, I do not speak French. Clearly. What did you say? What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. I'm a little bit loopy over here. I'm a little loopy. My lips are very dry the... right now. Just like very dry. I was looking at the other, um, the other things for actor shares last name with character and like, yeah, you know, Seinfeld yeah. is there and, you okay. know, Whatever stuff like that. Um, all right. I mean, that's a boring plot keyword, but you know, whatever. Um, all right. So it got a seventy-four Metascore. Yep. Let's look at these. Let's look at Metacritic. What's the breakdown here? I uh, got forty-four positive reviews, eleven mixed reviews, and one negative review. Wow! Only one. Let's read it. Here we go. Scrolling, scrolling, <laughs> scrolling. Here we go. All right. The San Francisco Chronicle gave it a 25. Damn. All right. Yeesh. Um, the artistic signature is unmistakable. 30 seconds in, you know you were watching a Wes Anderson movie. Duh. Um, but Anderson's human connection seems to have short-circuited so that his irony now bypasses the world and becomes an ironic contemplation of his own work. This is a dead end, and it's just not interesting. Wow. 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 Above it says that they didn't think it was that interesting as well. And then Los Angeles Times even says the latest dispatch is indeed a profound disappointment. Oh. I mean, it's not my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but I still enjoyed it. They said it's, it's as playful and inventive as it may be. It operates in an emotional void. Yeah, but like, yeah, all of his movies kind of like all of no, his characters are kind of like that. You know, in Grand Budapest Hotel, in the end, it's such a sad ending to that movie. I can't watch that, man. Damn. In the end, is yeah, it's really good. In <laughs> in the end, like, uh, they kind of end. It's supposed to be kind of like a pre-war situation, and um. Yeah. It's like assume that basically everybody just like dies. Like except for really? Zero who loses his wife. Yeah. And and so like you that. you watch it and it's just kind of like oh that is sad. And, like and, and you mm-hmm. get really kind of sad because it's kind of like about Nazis and and also like um you know it's it's kind of like about fascism so it, it really has like kind of a real world scenario and like a real like emotional stance at the end of that movie um Mm. okay and like this one there's aspects of that but it's not deep enough to really grip that in you it's kind of more of an like a farce like enjoyable fodder in a way yeah. Rather than like trying to tell an emotional story, like an emotional arc. So I don't, I don't yeah. really think that was like the purpose of this movie. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember Grand Budapest Hotel being like super emotional because I just thought that Wes Anderson's characters were just supposed to be kind of emotionless in a way, like kind of just very straight faced. Um, but they're not, but. but they're really, like, not. Like, I think that's really where it kind of ch- it changes it. Because, like, even in this movie, like, Leah Seydoux's character cries. Like, she's, like, and, like, somebody cries and then there was, like, no crying in here. That's it's true. kind of, like, they have emotions and they show the emotions, but only, like, in um, spurts. Like, it's not, it's not, like, ever really 
egged on by music or anything like that, which is, I mean, I like that because I think that music and like emotional music and everything kind of like is a cop out sometimes for actual emotion and good acting and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read this uh, one from Variety. They gave it a 100. Um, In the past, the director has been accused of making overly contrived dollhouse movies. And while he repeats many of his favorite tricks, toying with aspect ratios, centering characters in symmetric compositions, revealing a large building and intricate cross-section, this time it feels as if there's a full world teeming beyond the carefully controlled edges of the frame. Oh. That is a very nice blurb. It was nice. I liked it. I liked I liked saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a good writer right there. You know who's not yeah. a good writer? Neither of us. So no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am forgetting my words just chatting with you right now. And all of you out there are probably like, why am I listening to this podcast? <laughs> Yeah, this one, I mean, it's it was kind of hard. I felt like it was really hard to talk about this movie just because it has all these these little bits and pieces and bits and bobs here and there and like and I and I just I just overly like enjoyed it. Um just overall. So But yeah, I felt like this was a little tough to to talk about like like critically. Probably because I liked it, but <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. I mean, my only thing would be is maybe maybe some of it got a little boring here and there. But um, overall, I still thought it was very enjoyable. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. If that's all we have to say, that <laughs> was the French Dispatch. Um if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by rating and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And um, if you need notifications on future episodes that we release, please follow our social media. We have Twitter, at By the Popcorn, Instagram, at All By the Popcorn Podcast, Facebook, All By the Popcorn Podcast, like and follow our page. Um, YouTube, just search All By the Popcorn Podcast and subscribe to our channel. And uh, if you want to reach out and say hello... Let us know your thoughts on French Dispatch or just let us know what movies we should talk about in the future. Um, please email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we've also got a TikTok. It, just search All By The Popcorn Podcast and find our little logo. And uh, please check out some merch. Um, if you'd love to give a loved one some All By The Popcorn Podcast merch, I'm sure they would love it. <laughs> and we would, we would love you to buy it. <laughs> Only yeah. if you want to. Yeah. Um, but check it out. But thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.